so I find that quite liberating for oh. the one who is preaching the gospel. Absolutely. Because we, I think we can fall into the trap of, well, I need to see results after I say what I have to say, and maybe I even have to have a hand in seeing positive results, when in reality, that is left up to the Lord. And I know our listeners appreciate it, so we'll get started here. Um, it's a word of grace. Andy and Derek with you again. Um, we're, we're studying the whole Christ. Uh, we're we're going to kind of pick up on the same idea of uh, the separation of Jesus from uh, the benefits that he provides and this idea of do you have to repent. Uh, and and we've, we've, I think, zeroed it in. And just in case we haven't been clear, the idea is that the forsaking of sin does not uh, constitute the warrant for the gospel offer. In other words, a person doesn't have to forsake their sin to hear the gospel. Right. But we would both say that a person has to forsake their sin when they receive the gospel. Yes. Otherwise, yes. they're holding on to their mm-hmm. sin and not on to Christ. Mm-hmm. So, so that is the, uh, the heart here. So... Repent is repentance to be preached at all in the presentation of the gospel. I would say yes. Okay. If so, how? Well, first of all, again, we have to step one. We need to preach the fact that Jesus Christ has died for sin, for your sin, and once you have exercised faith in Jesus Christ, then the uh, obvious next step would be repenting of sin. But I would also add that uh, even though you are doing that on your own, you are uh, repenting of sin, it is only because God has given you the ability to repent of okay. sin. I think, I think I mentioned it in last, the last one, uh, our last show, that we were going to get to a passage in Scripture where this was made clear. And, like, when I read this, I think, I think it all opens up, you know. And, uh, again, I hope we're answering questions that people are asking, or I hope this is helping. Even if, we're, even if you're not asking these questions, at least what we're developing in ourselves and in people who are listening is a right understanding of the gospel, right. a right way to mm-hmm. present it, a right way to receive it, mm-hmm. and, and then how it affects the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to move into that as the chapters continue, so please bear with. But the place in the scripture that we're pointed to is Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost. Right. Okay, and so this, mm-hmm. this, this really becomes clear. He begins preaching in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost to... Uh, to all of the people who have gathered. And one thing to point out is that in verse number uh, 12 and 13, as they start to do this, there are people who are asking, what does this mean? Okay, the the idea they're speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. But then in verse number 13, there are people who actually mock them. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you would think, okay, if these people are mocking, then they don't deserve to hear the gospel, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But he presents the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I recall, and I've talked to you about this many times, about times in church, specifically when we have gatherings for 
the community. Right. And there are actually people laughing at me. Right. Yeah. We've had that happen uh, not too long ago. Yeah. So does that mean that I should just shut it down and say, well, okay, they're obviously not ready to hear the gospel? No. Peter goes into a like a full-on mm. mm. crushing mm. sermon for the next 20 verses, and I'm sure more that's not just recorded, about what the gospel is. And it's a Christ-centered gospel. Down in verse number 22, he talks about Christ uh, who has been attested by God through wonders, and he was delivered up and killed, but he was raised from the dead. I mean, that is the gospel. Mm-hmm. I delivered unto you the gospel right. which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, he's buried and rose again according to the Scripture. He goes on, pulls in prophets and David, and talks about the resurrection, and then he concludes his sermon by saying, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So the gospel was presented to who? To everyone. Anyone who had right, ears, to, right. anyone who had ears, they were presented with it, sure. even those who were mocking them. Right. And so then after he concludes his preaching, what happens? That's what I'm asking you, Derek. What I know, I know this is a, a profound question. After he preaches the gospel, what is the response of people who are listening? Um, people repented and got saved. Yeah. Well, walk it back one Well, okay. Step they further. exercised faith in Christ. Okay. Okay. I don't know exactly what you're asking me. Well, that's okay. In in the you're you're right, but okay. I want to I want to walk it through because this is how my eyes were open okay. to the understanding of how repentance fit into the gospel presentation. Because these people are obviously not repenting before Peter shares the gospel right. with them. Right. But when he finishes sharing the gospel with them, the Holy Spirit is obviously moved in them through the preaching of the gospel that they ask a question: What must I do to be saved? What do I got? What do we do? Is what they say, right? What mm-hmm. what what must be our response right. to this yeah. news? Mm-hmm. And then Peter says, amazingly enough, he says, repent. He says, repent. Right. So, and this is why we were wrestling with it at first, because we were mm-hmm. thinking, oh, are these Merrill men, these Tom, this Thomas Boston, a guy who I really liked his readings? Uh, uh, I think he's the guy. Is, isn't he the guy that wrote Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices? I'm pretty sure we studied that book. Uh, I'm going to double-check that to make sure I'm not wrong. Uh, but he, he, he wrote... Um, the Crook and the Lot, which I, I really, really liked. Uh, no, this is by Thomas Brooks, rather, The Precious Remedies. But he's written some stuff that I've liked. And so he, is he saying repentance is not part of the gospel? No, it's just not the qualification for giving it to somebody. Right. And this passage mm-hmm, clearly mm-hmm, states that, mm-hmm, doesn't it? Absolutely. You give the gospel, mm-hmm. then you hope the Spirit moves. Mm-hmm. We don't know where he does, John 3. Right. It's like the wind that blows. And when he does... And the people cry out, what do I do to receive this Lord in Christ? That's when you exercise okay, faith. Okay, and I, just taking a step back, I was thinking about the individuals that were laughing, not only uh, at you, but the ones that were mocking uh, here in the book of Acts. We don't know what work was going on, you know, the Holy Spirit working in their hearts and pricking their hearts, and you don't know if that laughter or mocking was nervous laughter or mm-hmm. nervous mocking. So we, again, don't have the capacity to determine when a person is ready to hear it or not. We just have a responsibility to preach it. Okay, so now that you ask, now that you say that, our responsibility. So let me lay out four things that happen 
in the course of the presentation and the receiving of the gospel, mm-hmm. and you tell me which of the four or all of them, which ones of them are our responsibility. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is basically right from the Acts 2. Okay. So you proclaim Jesus. Okay. Then there is conviction of sin. Then there is the response of faith and repentance and then the experience of the blessings of salvation. Okay, the only only portion we have in that is proclaiming the gospel. Right, right. Who does the rest? Okay, you have the Holy Spirit that does the convicting. Mm-hmm. You have the ones who are in audience of that proclaimed message responding. Yeah. And then what was the fourth uh, one? Then I they could... just, the culmination right. yeah. of the blessings. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That is how we give the gospel. Right. We just give it, mm-hmm. and then the other three responses. Think about Peter. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how to envision him on the day of Pentecost, standing up in a high place, mm-hmm. encircled by people. Who knows? We know thousands of people were listening because thousands of people responded to receive Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you imagine him in full throat announcing Christ again. Uh, I don't see anything in his sermon that says, do you want to go to heaven, which we talked about. That's a byproduct Mm -hmm. of all this. He's proclaiming Jesus as the center and focus of salvation, of the gospel. And then that's all he could do. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. in in his mind, one person or 5,000 are going to respond. He doesn't know. I I find that, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please finish. But I find that quite liberating for oh. the one who is preaching the gospel. Absolutely. Because we, I think we can fall into the trap of, well, I need to see results after I say what I have to say, and maybe I even have to have a hand in seeing positive results, when in reality, that is left up to the Lord. It, it removes things like, oh, maybe I didn't do it the right way, right. Exactly. I mean, unless you didn't present some truth of the gospel, or I'm not arguing enough, or mm-hmm. I need to... No. We just lay out the facts mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. salvation and rely on the Spirit of God to mm-hmm. do the rest of the work. And this is the point where Thomas Boston said the realization of this, of just the giving of the gospel to all people, was where the change in his tincture that yes, word we mentioned that before, trace. that, yes, that right. flavoring mm-hmm. of the way he gave the gospel. And here's, back in the beginning when we talked about that, we said, oh, I want to be marked by that flavor. I want to mm-hmm. be marked, with, mm-hmm. I want to have that trace in my presentation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, it was made clear in this chapter what that tincture was, and it was this, that Boston came to the realization that I am presenting Jesus in whom all spiritual blessings are found, mm. not... I would like to offer you these spiritual blessings. Right, right. right. That, is, that is the slightest of changes. Yes, it is. But I don't want my preaching and proclamation of the gospel to be marked by the blessings at the target, mm-hmm. at the bullseye mm-hmm. of the target. Mm-hmm. But I'm offering you Jesus, mm-hmm. whom all spiritual blessings are mm-hmm. sourced in. Yeah, because I think what happens is, is as opposed to being a one who proclaims the gospel and proclaims Christ, if you put the benefits ahead of that, 
then you're selling Christ. Yeah. You know, you're, you're nothing more than a used car salesman. And I'm not knocking used car salesman, but what I'm saying, <laughs> well, and excuse me if you, yeah, forgive me if you use car salesman. But what I am saying is, is we can't do anything to make the gospel or Jesus Christ attractive other than preach the gospel yeah. and preach the person of Jesus Christ. Right. And I think it's, I think it's got to be a change in the way I present the gospel, uh, where Christ is the focus. Um, and he's presented to all people. I love uh, what Romans 5, uh, verses 6 to 8 say. Um, and I'll ask you this question okay. regarding that. Um, in Romans 5, 6 to 8, who does it say God showed his grace to? Do you recall to, that yes, section? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, while we were yet sinners, yeah. when we were at our very worst was when the Lord uh, provided grace for us. Yeah. He didn't say, well, go clean yourself up a little bit and then come back and grace will be available yeah. to you. Yeah. He, he pres- the words that are presented there are ungodly, mm-hmm. weak, sinners, mm-hmm. enemies, Yes. That is to yes. whom God is showing his grace. Mm-hmm. Not to those, as you mentioned, the cleaning up who are, mm-hmm. okay, now you, you've you kind of met God halfway, so right. to speak. Right. And when that, when you look at it that way, then you want to cheer on that William Craig mm-hmm. who struggled mm-hmm. with that. Thomas Boston who said, no way. And these other 11 Merrill right. men who said, the council is wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't meet God anywhere. Mm, mm. We we simply are are presenting the gospel in the hopes that what happened in Acts chapter two happens in our congregation. Right. And I and Boston saying, I want that to flavor my preaching to proclaim Jesus in all of His glory to all men, regardless of their position, because we know that when we first encountered the gospel, he it was we were weak, ungodly, sinful right. enemies. Exactly. Um, it, it's just. It's just something that I think is a, it, it seems minor, like it's a razor-thin edge here to, to, to go one way or the other wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but to reflect upon, it's a little bit overwhelming to reflect upon the grace that God showed me when I was a sinner. Mm. And, and now to have a legalistic spirit in presenting the gospel that says, well, you're just you're just not worthy yet. Wow, you know, and it that may be that may even come into play when we don't present the gospel to people who we think might not respond. Right? Does that make mm-hmm. sense to you? Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. You're basically saying uh, again that you're you're looking at a person and trying to determine whether they're worthy or not, or whether they are open to the gospel. And Christ has not ceded that to you. Yeah. For you to do that is to usurp the authority of God. He just told us to preach it. Yeah. He didn't tell us to take anyone's temperature or anything else. He just said, preach it. To my shame, even as you were saying that, I was thinking of, a, of times I've done that when we've gone out uh, surveying or visiting, and I've even said, well, let's skip that house, that person. Last time we mm-hmm. talked to them, they, mm-hmm. you know, and it's one thing if they said not to come back, but it was more like me saying, that person wasn't receptive. Let's right. skip that house. Right. 
uh, I've done mm-hmm. precisely mm-hmm. what these councilmen have said. I've sure. said that person shouldn't be preached to mm-hmm. because I didn't see anything in them that was receptive mm. to the gospel. And so see how it, it is relevant. It is relevant. It is relevant. I'm right. not going to invite that family to vacation Bible school mm-hmm. because they just they don't seem like they're really mm-hmm. interested in the Lord or to church. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not going to promote this podcast to my friend right. until they maybe ask and they show. I mean, it, it is like real life. This mm-hmm. thing that happened mm-hmm. in the 1700s, it's still affecting us today mm-hmm. where we put these barriers up as far as who deserves or is worthy of hearing the gospel. Right. And right. and the, the response that we should have is just, I'm just going to give it, I'm just going to put the invitation out there, like I gave you earlier, the one, two, three, four, I'm going to proclaim Christ and let the conviction, the faith, the repentance, and the experience of those blessings come in God's good time. And and it may actually makes it easier to present the gospel, mm-hmm. because you're not walking in with a legalistic mindset thinking, well, I've got to accomplish something here for this to work out right. Hmm when all Christ told you to do was preach the gospel. You know, there's more that we could say on this chapter. In fact, I'm only halfway through my notes on this, but I think I'll include those in the next chapter. Uh, and uh, so on Wednesday, uh, we'll come back and talk about these things. Because, I, again, I think the relevance here is pretty clear. Uh, and I, I know we've said similar things to what we said last Friday, but encouraging stuff here. Yes. You know, yes, And, and yes. the reminder to all of us who are believers is that, we brought nothing to Christ. Mm-hmm. When the gospel was presented to us, the Spirit worked in our life, and we responded all by God's grace. Every every aspect of salvation is, is a gift of grace. Mm-hmm. So let us not withhold that opportunity mm-hmm. from others just because we deem them to be unworthy right, to right. have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Let the Lord Amen. do that, right? Um, but when they do show a desire... They must repent. Sure. That that's the razor thin <laughs> that's right. line, right? That's right. They can't say, Oh great, yeah, I'll take those blessings because that is then like abstracting mm-hmm. Christ. That is saying, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll take his forgiveness of sin, but I'm gonna keep living in it. And that is a distortion of the gospel yes, too. It is. So I think we've uh, maybe maybe made some sense there at the end. Did we? I believe so. Well, you're being kind. But, <laughs> um, you're being kind. Uh, So I appreciate you as always, Derek, and uh, we look forward to whatever uh, Wednesday brings, and we hope you join us too, and Lord willing, we'll talk to you then.